This is the Master Brewers Podcast, brought to you by the Master Brewers Association of the Americas, a volunteer organization dedicated to continually improving the products and processes of our membership since 1887. Master Brewers brings you interviews with the industry's best and brightest in brewing science, technology, and operations. This episode was made possible by the following sponsors. Dare to Brew Different with new and exciting hop varieties from Hopsteiner's industry-leading breeding program. Varieties like Sultana, Lotus, Bravo, Altus, and Contessa are now available in lupulin pellet form, packing more flavor and aroma per pellet. Discover more at hopsteiner.com. Additional support provided by... Every beer has a story, and that's why, for over 95 years, Gusmer Enterprises has offered a full line of solutions, including equipment, analytical instrumentation, and processing aids, all brought to you from leading suppliers and backed by strong technical support. For the solution to your story, go to gusmerbeer.com. And thanks also to Brew Ninja, a brewery software solution that streamlines your day-to-day operations, including inventory, accounting, sales, and compliance, so that you can focus on making great beer. Listeners of this podcast will receive a unique offer by going to GetBrewNinja.com and using the code BrewNinja21. Uh, we clearly got a, a synthesis of uh, alpha amylase um, in those samples uh, that have been exposed to starch. There's a lot to unravel here almost like a swan song in my latter research life, I I said to Makoto, hey, let's just take a look at this. And and this is what we came up with. This week on the show, are we one step closer to understanding the origin of Hop Creek? I'm Charlie Bamford speaking to you from the Sierra Nevada Brewery in Chico, Northern California, um, where I am the senior quality advisor. By now, everyone knows about hop creep. We don't need to spend any time talking about that. And it's well understood that hop creep is caused by enzymes that accompany the hops brewers use to dry hop their beer. Let's start with the first question you asked in this paper. Why would a hop cone produce starch-degrading enzymes? Yeah, and that's the thing that, that puzzles me because if, if hops themselves produce enzymes, they've got a purpose for them. They've got a, they've got a need. You know, uh, living organisms don't do things they don't need to do. Um, and and yeah, I, I may have missed something. I don't know, but I've hunted high and low, and I can't find um, uh, anything that talks about uh, uh, hops as being uh, a significant source of starch, um, with the possible exception of uh, seeds. And um, if you look back, then the, you know there is a paper from I think Bert Saylor um, who indicates that there is um, a complex polysaccharide in the hop seed, um, and it, it could well be starch. But he doesn't use that term there either. So the question I ask is, uh, you know, and the question I was asking uh, still is, why would hops themselves need to produce uh, uh, enzymes? And then that leads to another question, or more of a hypothesis. Talk about the next mental leap there. 
Well, the next mental leap is that if, if, if it's not the hops that are producing the starch-creating enzymes, then but clearly something is. I mean, I'm not arguing with the fact that uh, there are starch-creating enzymes in, in the hops. And if it's not the hop themselves, then it's got to be something associated with the hop. In other words, uh, some sort of microorganism. You know, there's a long history in the in the, the, the brewing industry of, of understanding the fact that the, the raw materials, whether it's the grain or, or indeed the hops, they're, you know, they're not sterile. They are inhabited by microorganisms. In fact, when it, it comes to barley and malt, I mean, there was a famous example back in the, I think, the 60s when somebody made a very detailed study of, uh, of an enzyme, uh, only to find that it wasn't coming from the malt at all. It was, it was coming from microorganisms living on the malt. Um, and the same thing um, could well be happening with with the hop. So the, the the suggestion and the hypothesis we had was: okay, uh, are these enzymes being produced by a microflora um, that is inhabiting the hop? Okay, and before we get too far, I should mention that the the we part this work was uh, a collaboration between Sierra Nevada and Miyagi University in Japan, right? Well, it was gone, uh, it was me and uh, collaborating, but but okay. as I, as I'm associated with Sierra Nevada these days, uh, I, I, I that's my they come um, along for the ride. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, Sierra Nevada, no, Sierra Nevada, as you well know, are, are are very highly technically attuned. But the the actual study was was really done bet- between myself as an individual and a long-standing collaborator of mine, uh, Makoto Kanauchi. Uh, Makoto was was my postdoc at UC Davis back starting in 1999. And ever since then, we, we've had a, a, a very strong collaboration. Uh, I, I posit ideas. Uh, Makoto is a meticulous uh, worker. And then uh, my English being somewhat better than his English, um, I, I end up writing the papers. Um, but uh, so, the, so basically, the, the division of responsibility is the, sort of the, the, the ideas um, for the concept and the writing of the paper was with me, but the actual experimental work um, is done in Japan, in, in uh, Miyagi University uh, in Japan. All right. Very good. So you started here with three samples of Cascade. Tell us more about those samples. Well, we, we looked at um, uh, fresh hops um, from uh, grown actually uh, in, in Japan, uh, but we also looked at uh, pellet hops that uh, were imported and also some dried hops also imported from uh, Washington State. Um, and then we, 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 you know, we were as careful as we could be uh, in, the, in, in the storage of these um, prior to use. Um, and, uh, you know, we sealed them under nitrogen and, 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 and uh, w- we were storing them under different conditions, uh, cold and, and warmer conditions. And, and I guess the first thing we did was then to, to look at the, the enzyme levels um, in these hops uh, as we stored them over periods of time. Okay, so we're measuring enzymes. Yep. These enzymes should all be pretty familiar to brewers, but Tell us which ones are of interest here. Right. Well, we, we, we looked at the, 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 the whole gambit of starch-creating enzymes, um, which anybody who knows about starch degradation, and certainly in the brewing context, will recognize alpha amylase, the, the dextrinizing enzyme, 
beta amylase, which of course is the enzyme that, that produces the, the fermentable maltose. Um, we look for limit dextrinase, which is the, you know, the debranching enzyme, but we also look for glucoamylase. And I'll be perfectly frank, what I was fully expecting to find was, uh, <laughs> was a significant level of, um, of glucoamylase, um, because, I mean, many microorganisms, uh, produce that of course glucoamylase is used by some brewers in the brewing industry um, to maximize fermentability so we we threw glucoamylase in there as well some people call it uh, amyloglucosidase but uh, so the four enzymes we were looking at okay you've got different assays for each of those enzymes which are explained in the paper i don't think we need to get into those details so let's hear about the observations you found alpha and beta amylase everywhere, but not always in the same amounts, or I guess I should say activity. Yeah, we, we, in that, we confirmed what other people had found, that, that primarily we're not talking about glucoamylase or limidextrinase. Um, although the, there's a possible presence of a wee bit of, of glucoamylase in one of the stored samples, uh, for the most part, the enzymes uh, that were uh, being seen were, were alpha amylase and, and beta amylase. And uh, what we found was that they, the beta amylase was relatively uh, stable over uh, being stored for the hops being salt materials being stored for up to three months, um, whereas there was some decline in uh, in the level of the the alpha amylase. So um, it was a well uh, again it confirmed what others had found that it was primarily about the alpha and the beta, um, but there was no real evidence for those of the star trading enzymes. Okay, so so nothing in regards to glucoamylase or limit dextrinase then. Correct. So, um, it, it, as I say, uh, I was fully expecting the, you know, the, 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 a loading of glucoamylase developing, but with the, 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 the exception of some small development of glucoamylase in the, in the fresh hops over a period of prolonged storage um, at the warmer temperature, um, which, which could uh, reflect some degree of of microbial growth. Otherwise, it, it was very much about alpha and beta. Okay, and you just mentioned two other important things: time and temperature. There, you didn't just take a single snapshot. You you held these samples both warm and cold for three months. What happened when you observed these same samples over time and at different temperatures? Yeah, so uh, there was more decline. Um, um, at the uh, at the higher temperature from memory, well, it wasn't a particularly dramatic effect, but what we found was that the the, uh, the beta amylase held up longer and and did not decline to anywhere near the same extent as as the alpha amylase, which which did drop um, um, at at both temperatures. Um, temperature was not a particularly dramatic thing; it was it was time. So progressively, with say the alpha amylase, there was a decline over that uh, over that period, um, and a possible possible um, actually, if anything, a slight increase in the alpha amylase um, in the fresh hops um, over a period of time, which um, which is in at, at, the, at the lower temperature, but and to an extent at the higher temperature as well. Um, but again, I, you know, the, the, there were changes, and, and the changes that we saw were more to do with the alpha than there were uh, than with the beta. 
You also took some of the hot powder and incubated it in different solutions. Talk about each of those solutions and why they were used. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the argument is that if if an enzyme needs to be produced, um, and I said this already, uh, there needs to be the, the substrate present, which will allow um, that enzyme to be, or, or, or which will require that enzyme. So if you for example, furnish something, whether it's you know, a hop cell or a, or a microbial cell, with uh, glucose, um, it's uh, and there's something growing there and something developing. It it shouldn't need. It will not need um, a starch-creating enzyme. But if you incubate cells in uh, a starch solution, then the, to to be able to use that starch solution and be able to grow in it, um, we uh, they they will they will need to produce the uh, the necessary enzymes. So what we um, uh, uh, did was the, therefore to incubate uh, the the hot materials. Uh, and again, let me just emphasize: they were extracts from the pellets and the uh, uh, dried hops and the fresh hops, and uh, incubated them in both a starch solution and in a or in a glucose solution. But also, we did it in the presence and the absence of something called sodium azide. Now. Um, Biochemists like me and 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 uh, microbiologists uh, have been using azide for years uh, as an inhibitor, generally a widespread inhibitor of microbial growth. So the argument here is that if azide is present, and if these enzymes are being uh, uh, synthesized by microorganisms, then um, in the presence of azide, you wouldn't get uh, the the growth of those microorganisms, and therefore they wouldn't be producing um, the necessary enzymes. So to, um, it's a long-winded explanation, uh, but the, by the fact that if we actually did um, uh, incubate in the presence of of starch solution, then we got the synthesis of alpha amylase, and we got the synthesis of uh, of beta amylase, um, but uh, or, or less so actually, actually much less beta amylase. But we did get the synthesis of alpha amylase, particularly in in the pellet samples, uh, and to a lesser extent in the fresh hop samples, and least of all in the dried hop samples. But when we had azide present, we didn't actually uh, get the synthesis of of alpha amylase. So. Um, Again, uh, our argument was, well, something um, is, uh, alpha amylase is being developed in response to the presence of, of starch, and that is inhibited by sodium azide. So the chances are, the, the, uh, our conclusion was, the likeliest explanation is that there is a microorganism present which is responsible for the synthesis of the enzyme. And and uh, just to be clear, uh, it, it was very much the alpha amylase which was the most dramatic uh, thing, um, much more than the beta amylase for reasons that we don't yet know. Um, but uh, when it came to to incubating in glucose, uh, the same thing did not happen. I had to look up sodium azide. I wasn't familiar with that, and I read that it's also been used uh, in automobile airbags and uh, airplane escape chutes. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good to know. But um, <laughs> you know, 
I, I want to stress something that, that you know, the, these, this is a, a bunch of experiments, very well done, very um, um, well executed uh, by Makoto and his colleague. Um, w w you know, there are some things, it, it, there's more work needed, but I mean, bio researchers always say that, don't they? Um, yeah, and the, the good the, ones do. Yeah. You know, we're puzzled why, you know, why so much uh, this is about the alpha amylase, which, of course, is, is not even, a, um, uh, you know, it's not going to produce fermentable uh, material anyway. So um, why was uh, in this particular experiment the beta amylase not being synthesized to, to that same extent? And indeed, why not um, enzymes like glucoamylase, where you would really expect, uh, you know, uh, microbes to be producing that enzyme, a very uh, efficient way of, of chopping up uh, uh, starch and producing uh, glucose. So, you know, there's, there's plenty more that uh, we need to be uh, investigating. Coming up, the, the, somebody, and it, it won't be me, <laughs> um, uh, needs to grind the dust uh, a lot finer um, uh, in this area. I'm John Bryce, and you're listening to the Master Brewers Podcast from the Master Brewers Association of the Americas. There's really only one thing that keeps this podcast going, and that's when listeners like you take the time to thank our sponsors. The next time you talk to a rep from one of these companies, be sure to thank them for their generous support. Get to know Proximity Malt. We malt superior, European-style, low-protein varieties grown close to home in Delaware and Colorado. Domestically grown, precisely malted to style. With our team of seasoned experts and two brand new malt houses, try what's really new in malt. Check us out at www.proximitymalt.com. Brew Monitor from Precision Fermentation works with your existing fermentation tanks to track dissolved oxygen, pH, gravity, pressure, temperature, and conductivity in real time from any smartphone, tablet, or PC. Get started for 30 days risk-free. Visit precisionfermentation.com MBAA. HS Sativa, brought to you by BSG Hop Solutions. Meet the latest in the BSG Hop Solutions portfolio, HS Sativa. Strong expressions of stone fruit, floral, and resinous pine flavors and aromas define this blend. Crafted specifically for use in hazy IPAs and other hop-forward beers. HS Sativa is ideal for aroma, whirlpool, and dry hop additions to hazy and juicy IPAs or for any other hoppy styles where a combination of citrus, tropical fruit, and pine aromatics are desired. Go to bsgcraftbrewing.com to learn more, or call 1-800-374-2739. And here's what's coming up on the Master Brewers calendar. District Georgia partners with the Georgia Craft Brewers Guild for a symposium November 1st in Atlanta. District Philly reclaims its old meeting spot at the Wyndham and Old City, November 5th and 6th. District St. Louis partners with the Missouri Craft Brewers Guild for an annual conference, November 11th and 12th. 
I'm looking forward to the District Mid-Atlantic meeting the weekend of November 12th in Virginia Beach. Hope to see you there. Don't miss the Yeast Propagation Best Practices webinar November 16th. District Northern California hosts its fall meeting December 7th at Lagunitas Brewing Company in Petaluma. And the annual District Ontario Technical Conference will be January 26th through the 28th, just outside of Toronto. Check out the full calendar of events at mbaa.com for more details or to find a district meeting near you. Back to the show. You mentioned um, under the glucose and reducing sugar section, uh, you said enzyme enzyme development wasn't the the only thing that changed over time. Some of the glucose disappeared, didn't it? Yeah, and 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 that again is is a good indication that something is growing. Uh, yeah, something is 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 using the the stuff we we fed them with um, to actually um, uh, to, to to grow. So um, it 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 it's and, and we measured reducing sugars as well. Um, and, and indeed, when we, when we grew the hop extracts in, in starch, then you produce what, what is called reducing sugars, which are the breakdown products, uh, and then they decrease. So, it, it, you know, the evidence is that, that something's there, it's growing, it's producing enzymes, and it's, it's, it's then use, utilizing either the sugars produced by breakdown of starch or using the glucose itself um, to, uh, to grow. And again, if you uh, had azide present, uh, this uh, was cut down. Be- be- and that, again, is, is indicative that it is uh, a microbial growth. Now, it's entirely possible, um, but uh, we don't have that evidence, uh, that azide might also be inhibiting uh, any living hop cells um, that are around. But, you know, I'd, I'd remind you, we, 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 we were doing this with, with pelletized hops as well, and, and you know, they've, they've been subjected to… Been through a lot. <laughs> they've been through a lot. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it, 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 it's, it's tempting. And, I've, I've sus- you know, I've, I've, been, I've suspected this, and I think I've had conversations with… In the past, with some of the well-known uh, people who've investigated in this area, and I said, "Hey, are you sure this is not microorganisms?" And and so finally, I, I you know, almost like a swan song in my la- latter research life, I, I said to Makoto, "Hey, let, let let's just take a look at this," and and this is what we came up with. Very good. At the top of that last page, you wrote that it was striking that the principal enzymes reported here and by others previously are alpha and beta amylases rather than glucoamylase. Do you want to say anything more about that? Well, I think I've, I've already said quite a bit about that, that, uh, you know, I, 
if you think of, of many of the organisms, well, think of commercial brewing enzymes and think of glucoamylase. And, um, you know, the, the glucoamylases that are used and are very, very effective, used by some people, um, they're from uh, things like aspergillus and so on. Of course, the, the whole um, rice uh, industry, uh, uh, the sake business, uh, uh, made minced, uh, part of that process is uh, glucoamylase produced by aspergillus. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I'd fully expected that uh, if, if there is, uh, the, you know, a contribution from uh, microorganisms, um, that uh, the logical enzyme you would expect to see there would be glucoamylase. Now, it may be that it is there, and, and as I said, there was one one stage in the prolonged storage of the fresh hops where we did get an increase right at the end of storage in glucoamylase. So that might be uh, indicative. It may be we just have the wrong assay. Uh, it, 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 there's all sorts of possible explanations, but I, you know, again, I I, I, I emphasise that what we found was the same as previous people had reported that it, it, it's very much alpha and beta amylase. Um, that is, uh, is what we could find in those hop materials. Um, and I, I, I'm just curious uh, f for that reason, that why it would not be um, glucoamylase. Now, you know, if you look through uh, the, uh, the enzyme databases, y you know, there's lots of uh, microorganisms that will produce alpha amylase and, uh, and beta amylases. So it's, it's, it's entirely consistent with it being microflora. Just curious why it's, it's not glucoamylase. So how do we figure out which organism was developing that alpha amylase? Um, so, so we're, we're, we're confident that uh, the alpha amylase and presumably uh, beta amylase, and we, we, perhaps there's some, something we're missing here, uh, we're confident the enzyme or enzymes uh, are being produced by uh, microorganisms. I think it's important to remember that the, the microflora, and there have been some papers on the, the, the microorganisms associated with hops, it's important to remember, I think, that there's going to be uh, not just one type of organism, but several types of organism. And different organisms may, may be contributing to different extents. And, and you know, it's always possible that, that you know, the, the, they're working almost in, in tandem and that different organisms are producing different enzymes. So uh, there's a lot to unravel here. Um, we, we shouldn't be assuming that it's, it's simply one... Um, organism which is responsible for this uh, the the starch rating activity and um, again the, the, somebody and it, it won't be me <laughs> um, uh, needs to grind the dust uh, a lot finer um, uh, in this area and and as I, as I think we say in the paper that really uh, I, I would recommend a focus very much a focus on on the different microflora that you can get um, on hops under different different varieties, different conditions, and different growth locations, and so on. Uh, because if we're right about this, then that 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 focus uh, focus really does need to be on um, 
on the the, the, the relative contribution of, of different organisms, um, which will influence the extent to which this this hop creek, which as I say in the paper, is a, is a term I really don't like. But anyway, it's 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 it's, it's, it's already happened. It's, it's a happened. Ship sailed. It's, it's a ship has <laughs> sailed. There's nothing I can do about that. But yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, and I would also um, uh, take a, 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 a sidetrack and look at, at the, the whole issue of seeds. I do mention this, uh, or we do mention this in the paper, um, that, you know, I mean, the, 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 the original work back in, you know, plate times, well, not the original work, but work long before even I was born in 1941, um, where Janetsky um, uh, and his colleagues showed that uh, the starch creating activity in seeded hops is much higher than that in unseeded hops. Um, and I think there's some, some recent work from uh, Taylor Lane of the, the Russian River Brewing Company, who has uh, concluded that uh, crushed hop seeds um, have, have a substantial effect on hop creep, so th- that that does remain um, uh, a possibility um, that uh, some of this enzyme activity is is there because it's needed to deal with with starch in the seat. So I would uh, I would as a sideline um, take a look at hop seeds um, and uh, uh, grind them apart and specifically look for for the starch level potential starch level in those seeds and uh, and and look at enzymic activity uh, therein um, um, so so I would do that probably next um, and you know depending on what that showed um, either I've ruled it out as a possibility or um, said okay well that is is contributing but let's check and double check this whole microorganism uh, um, business and uh, and try to isolate some organisms from uh, the hop specifically separate them out from the the hop matrix and do some of these experiments again looking at enzyme development under different conditions and and just take a look at what if any uh, organisms are present and producing starch creating enzymes I'm just curious, what do you think about the uh, possibility of um, looking at sort of like UV treatment of, of hot material to, um, you know, to sort of prove this out a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, in, in terms of um, in terms of minimizing the, the growth of organisms which may be contributing to the enzyme development over time, yeah, it won't be a solution to any uh, starch rating enzymes that have already been developed. Um, so, so, uh, you know, the, there's two things here. Uh, one is, uh, preventing, uh, the growth of organisms. Again, if, if we're right, but about the importance of microflora, then preventing their growth and development and able to express themselves over the lifetime of the hop, if you like. Uh, but, um, the, the second thing is, well, if uh, the enzymes have already been developed, then UV treatment, for example, is, is isn't going to help. Isn't going to help, but but heat treatment would, depending on the relative heat uh, tolerance and susceptibility of the different enzymes. Um, but uh, so I think 
Again, I, I, I would hope that, that somebody will be interested enough in this to sort of, you know, follow on this work uh, and either say, hey, you know, you're right or, hey, you're barking up the wrong tree. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a big boy now. I can handle that. <laughs> um, and uh, so, I, I, you know, and if we, it's confirmed that, yeah, the, the enzymes entirely or at least in significant part are contributed from the microflora then um, to to use that to start an alternative way of, of looking into uh, this phenomenon um, and you know I, I, I'm hoping that it will be one um, avenue that people explore in trying to explain why there you know there are differences between uh, different types of hops and hops from different locations and and how hops are, are processed and so on so um but you know <clears throat> hopefully somebody will carry on this uh, investigation last question and it's the most important one what does charlie bamforth football fanatic think of ted lasso <laughs> never seen it you haven't seen a ted lasso yet no. oh man come on never seen it never seen it uh, oh. i'm sorry I, I i know too many real um genuine um soccer managers football managers and, and coaches uh, i not like I, this one though you gotta I, watch it but i just <laughs> I, and i just actually uh, co-authored the autobiography of, of one uh, famous former soccer coach so um so I, whether he watches uh, Ted Lasso or not, I don't know. I'll have to ask him. That was Charlie Bamforth here on the Master Brewers podcast. To learn more, check the show notes for a link to Charlie's article in the latest edition of the Master Brewers Technical Quarterly. Are you enjoying the Master Brewers podcast? Let me tell you about a simple way you can help us keep making more. Take a minute to thank our sponsors. There's no way we could produce this show without generous support from sponsors like Hopsteiner, Brew Ninja, Proximity Malt, BSG, Gussamer, and Precision Fermentation. So please, let them know you heard their message on the Master Brewers podcast and that you appreciate their support.